Welcome to the all-new Sarcasm Sisters, Season 2. You might call it Sarcasm Sisters 2.0. This season, we're kicking off a bit of a new format where we'll include exciting interviews, quirky anecdotes, and some interesting news stories to entertain you. And we want to get a little bit away from our caregiving life, if you will. But don't worry, we haven't given up on it. You can find us in our new podcast, This Caregiver Life. Thanks for listening. We are starting the long-awaited and much-anticipated Season 2 of Sarcasm Sisters today. Yay! Confetti thrown in the air. Woo! People blowing horns and drinking Mm -hmm. champagne. Yay! I'm having Hershey Kisses. Lovely. I'm having not very strong coffee, so I'm going to have to have some stronger coffee at some point. But it's 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Want to keep you awake? Yeah, I drink half-calf sometimes, and then it doesn't. Hmm. I don't know if I could do that. Well, the Hershey Kisses are delicious, though. (laughs) My new thing, and I probably shouldn't be having it, but whatever. Whatever. If it makes you happy, it's got to far outweigh any negative benefits it has on your health. And it's self-care in the best way possible right now. I mean, we were talking earlier about caregiver fatigue, compassion fatigue, caregiver burnout, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, stress takes a toll on our health. And so if you can do something small, like eat a Hershey's kiss, why not? (laughs) Except for I ate like 10 of them. (laughs) (laughs) I don't regret one of them. I had a stranger bring me flowers today. I don't know. What is that? That's cool. But it was the public's um, grocery delivery person. And I paid for the flowers myself. But still. <laughs> That's great. Sometimes you just got to do it. I love buying myself flowers. You can usually get them for between four and ten dollars. You can get a very nice small bouquet that will last, you know, oh. the better part of the week. They do last a long time. Lisa Colella likes to do that too. Our friend at Healing Household Six. Uh huh. Well, I think we should let our Sarcasm Sisters listeners in on something. There's actually a new podcast about caregiving that they might be interested in. What's it called? It's called This Caregiver Life. I'd say This Caregiver Life is sponsoring Sarcasm Sisters today. I love that. And it's appropriate because we're transitioning out of season one, which was very heavily focused on us and our caregiving and that's important for our listeners to get a background on who we are and why we are the way that we often are but I think uh, <laughs> we have decided that we wanted sarcasm sisters to be something different and fun and unique and so we have some great ideas coming down the pipeline for interesting guests and quirky news and information and our caregiving focus is going to be um, conducted in this caregiver life. That's a good lane for it. Let's just push it over into that lane. We can talk to experts over there. Caregivers themselves are the experts. And we have a Facebook page. Yep. What's it called? At This Caregiver Life. Perfect. Perfect name for it. 
I personally love the artwork, which are uh, both Mary Han Ward originals. Yes. And we've already had an amazing um, episode with this very special guest. Roasting for research, Corey and Ryan. Yep. And that episode was focused on how the ro- a friend who has someone they love with ALS has taken their passion for roasting coffee and integrated it into a, a means of fuel for ALS research, a means of creating dollars for ALS research. It's a really wonderful initiative that I think is just going to continue to expand and grow until there is a cure for ALS, which is everybody's mission. And we were so excited to be able to talk to Ryan and Corey and Corey's mom, Wendy, and just to get a lot of takeaways from not only uh, the ALS community, but how anyone can provide support for a loved one. And I also left feeling just immensely inspired by Corey who found out in his junior year of college that he had a terminal illness and has lived life to the absolute fullest. Um, and And his family and his friends are really the benchmark of what care and support can look like for a loved one. They are. They did an amazing job. But if somebody wanted to listen to that podcast, where could they find it? They can find it on Anchor, on iTunes, on Spotify, everywhere that you get your podcasts, this caregiver life is available. Cool. Well, I love that. I think that's going to really grow into a nice, a nice resource, a nice place for people to go and learn about various aspects of caregiving and hear personal stories and listen to care recipients and, and talk to some of our professionals that we know that are professionals in the lane of caregiving that'll be really cool so what are we up to with with season two for sarcasm sisters so we're going to share some funny stories from our life and as we move forward we're going to um, actually have some interesting interviews with people that a little bit about caregiving but mostly just about being humans and americans and being ourselves and i'm looking forward to that because there's a big part of me that isn't a caregiver and the same for you Uh uh-huh I think we'll have some challenges too, perhaps where we'll go one whole episode and we don't even use the word caregiver. Okay. Well, I think that should be our net. We can't, it's obviously too late now for this podcast. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> there will be none of that for this podcast, but for the next one, that should be our challenge. I'm, I have somebody interesting that I'm going to interview and I'm happy to have you do it with me, but if you're traveling and you're busy when I set it up, that's fine. That's cool. I'll just send you the audio. Uh, I'm going to interview a friend of mine, former colleague in the education field, Jimmy Giles. Mm-hmm. He is a teacher. He's been an educator for many years. His dad was a uh, retired army. I th- believe he was lieutenant colonel. So... Jimmy's an army brat, and he taught for DOD schools, Department of Defense schools in Korea, South Korea, many years ago, and uh, that's where he met his wife, Uh, not in Korea, but I think, well, I think in Korea, well, I don't know, he'll tell us the story. (laughs) (laughs) We'll let him give us the backstory of his life, and uh, we met because we both teach online, or I did, I used to, 
teach AP government. And we wrote the course for AP government a number of years ago, and then we rewrote it last year. And rewriting it pretty much buried me. That was almost killed me. I remember um, that. Right. But so Jimmy's favorite, one of his favorite phrases of all time is to choose joy. When he's really upset about something, he chooses joy. Um, he has two children uh, and uh, is a really dedicated dad. And he was a football coach for many years. So we'll bring him on and we'll talk about um, the state of education and young people and um, we're not ever going to say caregiving once in that entire episode. I love it. I'm not going to say caregiving once in the next episode of Sarcasm Sisters, which you are also welcome to be a part of. And I'll be interviewing um, my a friend named Julie Ramey. And Julie and I were the only two active scout leaders in a Boy Scout troop. We took turns being scoutmaster and assistant scoutmaster because we just couldn't get men to engage in that group of children for whatever reason, a lot of reasons. And I won't say other people weren't around or helping with popcorn, but we were the two people that took these boys camping, took them to summer camp. And it was a really unique time in our lives. And you've never seen two people so sarcastic as two female Boy Scout troop leaders at Boy Scout camp. I bet it was good. It was, you know, we, I think we both learned a lot about ourselves, about children these days. That sounds kind of an old fashioned thing to say. And I think we learned a lot about what we want scouting to look like in the future. And Julie is experiencing that. Because the Boy Scouts of America have recently gone through a change, and they are now the Scouts of America, and they are ha- they are starting all female troops, so girls can join a scouting troop and participate in boys what would previously have been Boy Scouting activities, but now is scouting, just scouting. It's not Girl Scouting. It's not Boy Scouting. It's not Adventure Scouts. It's scouting, and I love that. She and I are going to talk about it. We have a shared love for the out of doors. And Julie, now this is a little bit of a rumor, but for our listeners, I'm going to let you in on something. Are you a fan of Parks and Rec by any chance? Oh my God, I love it. Who doesn't like Parks and Rec? So you know that Pawnee, Indiana is a fake town, but entertainment really is just mirrors reality, right? Yes. So I have it on sort of mediocre authority. I've heard it from several sort of reliable people that the TV show Parks and Rec is actually based on a real town in Indiana. And a lot of people think it's my old town. Well, I think it is because you sound like you're from there. Well, also, uh, if you notice, there are a lot of outtakes in the show. One of them, whenever they go out to this bar, there are always beer pools from a brewery called Upland Brewery. And that's a real brewery in Bloomington, Indiana. It is? It's a real one. And there's a lot of other similarities, but let me just say that Julie works for Parks and Rec in Bloomington, Indiana. And there's been a lot of rumors over the years that Leslie Nope is very loosely based on Julie Ramey. Now, I don't think nobody came and talked to Julie and she didn't get paid any consultant fees, but some of the similarities 
are really amazing. She hasn't run for mayor yet, though I wish she would. Well, so wait. So I think we. I think you'd score big if you got Amy Poehler on for an interview. I would love it. <laughs> I would love to hear Amy Poehler uh, tell me what her thoughts are on Julie Ramey, the possible real Leslie Nope. And then you could bring Julie in on the interview, <laughs> right? I, I would... think, I think when 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 you interviewed Julie, and that when that podcast is up and ready, we tweet it out to Amy Poehler. That's what I think. I think we all our double dare her for an interview. Let's get all our listeners to do it too. And here's the thing: this is the the stuff that urban legends are made up, but. But sometimes those are grounded in truth. And I don't think Julie really likes the parallels between her and Leslie Nope, this fictitious person. But the character is so authentic. The motives are so real. And the, the hard work is almost identical. And that's when I'm really like the insights into Julie. But she in real life is just a phenomenal person who has won many awards for the city of Bloomington, Indiana on their parks and rec department. She runs an outstanding marketing and public awareness campaigns every year. And she's just gives back to the community in so, so many ways. I can't even explain them to you. So can't wait to talk to her, talk to her about this new scout troop. That's all females. And what her plans are going forward to help these young women grow in the out of doors. Man, that's going to be cool. Looking forward to that one. I love groundbreaking women. Oh, yeah. What's that old saying? Well-behaved women rarely accomplish anything. Yeah, something like that. I'm not really good at those quotes. I'm not either. That's why really I a strength of mine. <laughs> I never use them when I speak publicly because first, I don't want to get them wrong. And second, I like to take quotes and sort of apply them to my life and kind of make them my own, not as a an insult to the person that originally said it. But generally, if I'm quoting someone, it'll be like Thomas Jefferson or Moliere or last weekend, I, I quoted Seurat and, and Monet. And so making quotes like that I think it's okay to apply them to your life and maybe update them a little bit yeah that sounds like a good plan like I would have to do that because I could never remember them right well that's the other part yeah. about public speaking you don't want to you don't want to memorize everything no no when I was a teacher in the classroom I mean you know I mean you don't have a script it's a it's a so I, I would have three three classes a day that were 90 minutes each were on a block schedule. And I would, I would say they were uh, three one act plays a day that you were unscripted and you were in front of the audience and you had to know your stuff or you had to be really good at the BS. (laughs) You know, we never think about teachers in that way, but they truly are public speakers to the max. Oh yeah. That's, they make really good uh, stand up comedians. Oh, and the and the material has got to be endless. It's it is. It's it's fruitful. It's like ripe fruit all the time. Well, did I ever tell you the one about um, my student whose boob popped out in the classroom? Oh no! <laughs> we had. Well, I, was oh, te- no. I was teaching civics, and I was teaching the um, 
the court system, trials, you know, defense attorneys and prosecutors and whatnot. And so it was a, I decided that I would teach, teach it by, by doing it, you know, like kinesthetic learning is so good. So we put the Grinch on trial. And we had the whole <laughs> team. It was great. We had a team, we had a team and we had, we had the room split in two and we had jurors and um, we had the prosecutor and defense attorney. And one of the boys was sitting next to me and um, real quiet. And he says to me, Miss Ward, Lindsay's going to lose something over there. <laughs> I said, what, what, what are you saying? Like, why are you bothering me? And he said, Miss Ward, you have to look. And boom, just as I looked, her boob popped right out of her shirt. Oh no. Oh, it's all fun and games till somebody till a miner's boob pops out. <laughs> oh my god, it was awesome. Mary, in Florida, you might have to put a sign in your yard. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's priceless. It's the thing you can never unsee. No. Oh, and how mortifying for that poor poor young woman. Well, it's anybody's guess whether it would be mortifying for her or you know, she actually liked it. It's hard to know. Liberating. <laughs> It's hard to uh, know. I didn't ask. I just didn't. I just kind of gave her, you know, like got her eye contact and like gave the, you know, use of my left arm and, you know, yanked on my shirt like I was pulling it up. And she went, <gasps> and well, let me ask you, since you teach American history, <laughs> did you go over the whole bra burning era? <laughs> oh, my God. It was my favorite. I came of age kind of in that era. You know, I was about. I was born in 1960, so you know when I was 10, we were we were really ripping in America with that stuff. Just I mean, like, running around, nipples everywhere. Oh my god, it was so like liberating. I was like 12, and I was wearing like halter, you know, shirts. Remember halter shirts? You know, I do. I mean, I never had anything to hold one up, but I I always admired. Uh, people who could wear a halter shirt well I mean I didn't really either but they tied there were ones where they tied or you could just put them over your head and like man going braless was so great I live for it and as you well know (laughs) as my bff in my um in my living will when I am placed in a nursing facility it is to be with no bras don't even take any of my bras I don't ever want to wear one again none of it none of it man just let them hang low <laughs> Did you ever hear that song? Do <laughs> I... low? Do they waffle to and fro? Can you time it? Can you time it? <laughs> ah, I love it when we can incorporate boobs in our podcast. I know it's my, it's my compassion fatigue spilling all out right here. Well, listen, I had some. I had a big compassion overload on Friday night. What happened? Well, I was on the road. I did some speaker training. Super exciting. Got a whole new hour-long keynote speech ready to go. So there's an open invitation to anybody listening to this. Um, I have lots of different speeches of different lengths, but this one I'm really excited about. It's called Change is Unavoidable. I've just, I'm in love with the, with the whole thing. But uh, a long week doing that with my group of speakers and out in Phoenix, so I'm in a different time zone. I still had some responsibilities to take care of, so I was getting up early and staying up late. All I wanted to do was get to my hotel in Palm Beach Friday night so that I could get prepared for a speech the next day. I'm just a, saying that sounds a really schnazzy, like... Ooh, it was kind you of know, schnazzy. Palm Beach, you were in Palm Beach. 
I was. I was in Palm Beach for a snazzy thing with snazzy people. And I'm not going to name drop, but, you know, there were, like, some people there. But before there were people involved in my (laughs) Palm Beach trip, there was a little furry fella. And this little furry fella literally walked out into A1A and looked at my vehicle as if, hey, can you stop for a quick sec? (laughs) It was a toy Yorkie. He can't have weighed more than three pounds. He had on a little coat. It was cold Friday night in Palm Beach, Florida cold, not, not Minnesota cold. And so I stopped and I got him and I thought, well, we'll just look at his collar and I'll make a phone call. Nope, no collar. So I think, well, he probably has wandered out of the hotel where I'm staying. So I take him inside to the front desk clerk. Guess what? Nothing. Nobody knew who he was. Yeah. Do you you know who checked in with this dog? And she said, nobody. We don't allow dogs here. Huh. So I go back outside and I look around and I look around. Nobody's looking for a dog. I go to the one condo building that's literally there's like a couple of hotels and one condo building. This little tiny dog can't have come from far. And I go in there (laughs) and the doorman named Victor looks at me and Victor says, Oh, he's Piper. I know he's mom. Oh, hooray. (laughs) Victor knows his mom. So he says, wait, she's at a charity event. I have to give her a call. I said, okay. So we call Piper's mom. Victor's on the phone. And the next thing I know, this lovely lady is on speakerphone. And she says, well, that can't be possibly be Piper because Piper is a girl. Everyone in this condo, there's like eight people live in this condo building. Every one of them was convinced that this was Piper. One of them had a little toy poodle. And so she took me up to her condo. Oh, no. <laughs> Never met before. Go in this lovely condo in Palm Beach. And she gives, you know, we try to, we call the Palm Beach, South Palm Beach Sheriff. And, and they don't know and no one's called and they tell us to call animal control. And animal control is closed until 11 o'clock the next morning, the exact time I'm supposed to be at my fancy, fancy sneaking event. So uh, everyone's worried and concerned about this little fella. And I say, listen, I'm happy to take him to animal control tomorrow. If I have to take him to an event, I will. I'm sure someone will gladly just hold this little guy. I said, but something I'm not going to do. I'm not going to take his picture and put it on Facebook and say that I found this lost toy dog because... My friend did that, and somebody came and got it. This was up in, like, Amelia Island. And guess what? It wasn't the owner. It was just, like, a dog thief. <gasps> oh, no. And they and they never, like, got the dog back to its owner. That's terrible. I don't this is a thing. Before. This is a thing. It happens. You were so smart, then, to not put that dog, that Piper's picture up yet. So, I, t- I, I take alleged Piper, which doesn't, isn't actually the little guy's name, but I don't know his name. So I, I take him and get back in my car and I still haven't had anything to eat. So I'm like, all right, all right, kid, we're going to Taco Bell. So on the way to Taco Bell, I call my son, I call my friend. I don't know what to do. I don't, I, you know, I like, I, I'm not just going to abandon him. If I have to, I'll take him back to Jacksonville and then like get him scanned somewhere. Maybe he has a chip. But right now, I got to get some tacos. Well, Piper 
or what what ended up not being Piper loved riding in the car. The non-Piper Piper. Not Piper Piper. And clearly he had been been to many drive throughs and he was very well behaved. And I take him back to my hotel room. And now this time it's getting to be like almost midnight. And I still haven't prepared for my speech the next day. So I'm, I take a bath. Not Piper Piper sits by me the whole time, eats his free little Caesars filet that the late the nice lady next door gave us has a nice pee on the potty pad she gave us clearly he's been an apartment dog before he did a little turn and stood on his back legs in front of the bed so I scooped him up put him on my my bed and then right before I went to bed I thought I'm going to go in Facebook and just search to see if there's any lost dog pages in South Palm Beach I'm not going to put his picture up but I'm just going to look And literally three or four minutes before someone had posted this little dog's picture and I knew it was him because of a a marking on his nose offering a $10,000 reward. Oh my God. That's so much money. Have you ever in all your life for a dog for anything? No, that's crazy. Well, maybe for Maddie's home service dog, but like, I'm okay. Yeah. Well, so before I respond to it, I do some little private investigating and I see, I see where he was lost about and I see where the person is posting from and I see the email and I look up the phone number on whitepages.com and I do all the things and I feel relatively certain this is the dog. So I call. Ring, ring. Hello. I found a little toy Yorkie and I see that you're missing one. And she says, oh, yes, oh, yes, I can't believe you found him. And I said, well, you know, can you sort of maybe describe what he was wearing or whatever? And she said, blah, 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 collar. And I said, no collar, blah, blah, blah. He had on a red sweater. And I was like, oh, no, he didn't have on a red sweater. (laughs) And then there was a big pause. And she said, she started crying. And she said, listen, I can't really tell you exactly what he was wearing because the truth is that my mother had this dog out at the beach and and she had a medical emergency she got had too much to drink too much sun she's had too much stress in her life some somebody called the police and they sent her away in an in an ambulance and and benjamin has gone missing oh now piper has a name Piper is actually Benjamin. Benjamin had been partying with his mom all day. She got sent away in the paddy wagon. I don't know why nobody took control of him to try to help. I mean, he's the tiniest little thing. I have no idea what his day was like either. Can you imagine? He's on on his own all day. Well, wait a minute now. So was she, was, was Benjamin's mom with other people like did anybody else know that she had the dog like maybe the dog just got lost in the fray because it wasn't anybody to take care of her um yeah I think she was kind of like on vacation on her own though her daughter who I was talking to was in another state and she did have a cousin who lived in Florida but not but not nearby and so we talked a little bit further and and I, I said listen this kind of thing happens all the time I'm, I hope your mother's okay. I'm sure she's getting the help that she needs. And let's figure out how we can take care of Benjamin and get him reunited, made some arrangements for the cousin to come to pick him up. And, and then 
she started crying again. And I was like, it's going to be okay. We FaceTime, you know, she got to talk to Benji. <laughs> but the reason she was crying was because if Benji hadn't been found, I think it would have killed the mother because Benji had a brother. And last summer, his brother got picked up by a hawk and was never seen again. Oh, my God. There's so many oh, my gods in the story. There is. But I always worry about that because I know we have these two little dachshunds, eight and ten pounds, that are definitely could be, you know, breakfast for a hawk. Or at least the eight pounder could be. (sighs) And we have hawks around here. I had a backup plan. My friend's mom lives, you know, about an hour away from where I was. And she had a friend who does pet rescue and they were going to cancel their plans for Saturday morning and come and get him. And it was really kind of beautiful how people just came together to take care of this little orphan. And I think, I don't know that I necessarily learned any lessons from it, but Friday was my brother's alive day, which is always kind of a weird day for me. You know, that's the day that he drove over an IED in Iraq. And I went through all the stages of grief dealing with that, like denial, um, anger, all of it. Um, bargaining, depression, and then acceptance. Right. But it was, you know, I had spent all week working on this, this new speech and really just being heart and soul in the whole veteran caregiver community. And I was really burned out on it. And then looking into Saturday, having to have a, do a speech and not having, you know, not really having a heart in working on it. And I got distracted for several hours by Benji who needed me. And I think everything happens for a reason. And, and of some of our listeners who don't believe in kismet or don't understand how it worked, like that's what this was, you know? Yeah, it was. It was in a big way. But I still, I don't know. I might have been tempted to take that $10,000. <laughs> well, you know what? About the podcast story, you should share it with her. I think I will. And also it comes to find out that that family is involved in dog training and is working to do some new project with um, rescue dogs who can be companion or emotional support animals for wounded warriors. And I think obviously that's amazing. And I was supposed to meet her too. I just, and I, and I definitely will reconnect. I, as far as the reward goes, I would offer anything to get a beloved pet back. And so I totally understand it. And I also, I took care of him and tried to find his owner because I cared and not because I was looking for a reward. No, the reward for me. I can't imagine how you could, somebody could find a dog and then try to find the, the owner just because there might possibly be a reward in it. That's kind of crazy, but I I think these little dogs are wonderful that they felt that strongly about the dog and, and, um, and they wanted him, and they really appreciated how well he was cared for. And you went to such great lengths to, to get him, to reunite him back with his owner. He was a little bit wet. And I was thinking, man, you know, it, I wonder, wouldn't it be fun to write like a kid's book about Benji's day out? Yeah. <laughs> Benji's I mean, day on the run. I mean, he wasn't like getting potato chips and French fries out of Palm Beach. That's for sure. He was probably like, people were probably giving him filet and. <laughs> Yeah, prawns, little bits here and there, <laughs> little, a little foie gras, little pate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the story of Benjamin, Benjamin the lost dog. Is that yeah. what you call this episode? I'm not sure. It might be. It might. 
It might be sun's out, boobs out. (laughs) (laughs) I know. That is a priceless story, man. Boobs out. But that's what I really like. Benji and the boobs stories. Right? Benji and the boobs. I really like, uh, it's sort of like Benny and the Jets. I really like that Sarcasm Sisters is now becoming what we'd always hoped it was. And that was telling these crazy stories and inviting our listeners to share their crazy stories, which you can do if you want to send us your audio file you can send us a private message on facebook if you have a funny story you'd like to share maybe you found a pet once or your boob popped out we'd love to hear about it <laughs> you could we definitely would love to hear from our from our listeners where we have how many how many listens have we had on sarcasm sisters so far oh Hold on a second. I'll give you up to the minute information. I want to make sure this is uh, late breaking and uh, accurate. So let me look it up right now. So 644. Amazing. I'm so excited about that. We had no goal as far as listeners or audience size went when we started. The goal was really just about producing something fun that gave us, that fulfilled our need to be creative together and every time that somebody listens or downloads it just is such a compliment and we'll see a spike after this episode after every episode we see a huge spike so for everybody who's been a listener of season one and now you're still subscribed to season two thank you sincerely and if you have a good reason for being on sarcasm sisters you should let us know oh fact we and also, I need to check with my. I need to fact check with my own sister to see if she listens to this podcast because she should. <laughs> um, I don't think my sister does. I'm going to invite her. Uh, listen, this is going to possibly impact the size of my sister's Christmas present this year. i'm just kidding i can't really tell who subscribed only the numbers but i'm going to definitely encourage my sister and all the sisters out there or anyone that has a sister or knows someone who is a sister to download sarcasm sister wait now i have another challenge we could do what is it challenge our caregiver friends because we can still use that word in this podcast our caregiver friends of which we have a multitude of them to come on for one of our episodes in season two. And the challenge is to talk about anything other than caregiving. Whoa, I love it. I love it so much. Right? Let's burn that compassion fatigue right up into a bonfire. First of all, I love burning things. And one of the (laughs) items that I got delivered today, I mean, I'm all in. I grew up burning everything in sight. But I'm all in on burning things. I even ordered today a box of fire logs, and I have one of them going in my fireplace right now. Now, I live in Florida, and I may have to open the windows. It's getting warm in here. (laughs) And I think we also should put this challenge out there to guys that could be on here. I mean, I'm looking for another man in my life because I have a good one. But, you know, I'm just saying... Hearing from men would be good. And I know that men listen to this podcast. And if for no other reason than just to have a couple of really amazing women in their life. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, that'd be great. We should have our sons. I don't know if they would do a good job, though. They might be too inhibited. 
I could um I could have my son on and have him talk about he's got my son has a story funny story about me and the time that he told me I was going to be a grandmother. So I think maybe I'll ha- I'll have him on to tell me that. I'm not a grandmother footnote. It's just a funny story about that. Okay. That's good. I I like to hear that story too. But yeah, we could just have one one whole episode of um recordings that people have made about us. I would love that. We could ask so one our question. Just... Everybody has to answer one question about us during recording and then we'll make a compilation of them. <laughs> That's great. What's the uh, funniest thing that ever happened with you and Jennifer McIndy? That's a good question. Another good one might be how do you know Jennifer or Mary? Yeah. How do you how do you know them? That's a that's a really good wide open question. I think we'll post that in our group and see if we can get some responses. I'm so excited. We have two podcasts, two new episodes coming later this week. Season two of Sarcasm Sisters, all the good things come in twos. It just couldn't be better today. My God, you're blowing me away. <laughs> I have no more compassion fatigue today. I'm done. Good. Gone away. But we talked about that a lot. I was just two, 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 or that's a little math for me. But we were talking about physics earlier today. And I said, you know, care, the caregiving mare is really, you have to look at the, where the Y axis crosses the X axis. And when the amount of energy that you're exerting, caring and providing support for other people exceeds the amount of energy you have, there is where you start experiencing caregiver fatigue, compassion fatigue. And when you look at, sometimes you have to break down emotional things in your life into something logical in order to understand them. Oh, that made perfect sense to me in a really weird way, though. I can't even tell you how it made sense to me. It just does. And I was just listening to you and what you were going through and trying to offer like a different point of view about it, like some logical way to ground you through this, because what you do and have done for your husband has t- takes a toll, takes a toll on our health, but it's also made you just the, the amazing person that you are. And it's also made you pretty damn funny. <laughs> well, humor is definitely the way I get through that. I put, I put a humorous article in our, our group last night and then I took it down because I thought, well, people didn't really think it was that funny, but I know, I know when I'm really going off the deep end, when I think really bizarre stuff is funny. Right. Well, yeah. I know I'm really going off the deep end when I in fill in the blank. I would love our listeners to do that. Tell us that you know you're going off the deep end when. Oh, I like that. I know I'm going off the deep end when this, I'm just making this up, but when I uh, go through photo albums and look at old pictures from the past, or I know I'm going over the deep end when I start going through my closets and throwing things out like crazy, or actually this is one for me. I know I'm going off the deep end when I start cleaning like crazy. Well, like I know that I'm going off the deep end when I eat Hershey Kisses. <laughs> you just did a callback and we've come full circle. You, my friend, are a professional broadcaster. <laughs> well, I'm so glad we got to chat today. I am too. And I want to thank all our listeners. We're going to wrap it up here at a nice, even 40 minutes mm-hmm. and invite you to follow up with us on 
Sarcasm Sisters on our Facebook page. Leave us a note. Tell us how you met either Mary or I. Send us a voice memo via private message. We'd love to play it on air. And also, if you want to tell us what how you know when you're going off the deep end, we love to share that with other people because truly when you start doing things to help yourself cope is is when you can take a sign that you need to start taking better health of your care very better care of your health good sage words there jennifer mackenday well there's always a mom in me coming out somehow right i know all right till next all right till till next time You're listening to the Sarcasm Sisters podcast. Don't forget to visit our Facebook page, Sarcasm Sisters. And please leave us a rating on iTunes.